1: You guys i was kind of going back and forth last night when i was thinking when i was trick-or-treating here in los angeles i'm a mom i have two boys and you know how halloween is it's it's chaos i live in the middle of if you go over to my instagram and watch my stories you'll see i mean you would think it's mardi gras you would think i'm on the vegas strip with halloween over here it's the it's the kind of neighborhood where somehow the whole world drives in and and wants to get the full size candy bars, so we were out trick or treating, and then I was like, "Oh gosh, I have a segment tomorrow morning. What am I going to talk about?" And I was going back and forth. What should it be? What should I cover? What should I talk about? And you know, the one thing that I think I haven't really shared too much about was when I uh, a little bit about my former world as a casting director and how that can connect to all of us here. Because when I used to, uh, for those of you that don't know anything about me, I am a former casting director. I worked in casting for about 15 years um, on shows like, well, the first show I ever worked on was That's So Raven as a casting intern back in 2003. It was the coolest experience of my life, hanging out with Raven Simone. She and I were like, you know, sharing lunch every day. She's awesome. We had so much fun, and I was like, "This is the world I want to live in." And then I went from that. I worked on a. I worked on Reba. I remember getting Kelly Clarkson on Reba as a guest star, um, and then D- Dolly Parton. I got to meet these incredible people. That was such a fun experience. And then I went to Hawaii on a show called Rocky Point. It was a six-episode show, show for the. The CW, which at the time was the WB, so I I worked on some really fun things, and then the first show I cast on my own was a pilot for Disney, where I found Zendaya and Bella Thorne, and then worked on a show called Ant Farm and Haunted Hathaways. And I wonder if any of your kids are watching these now; they're all on, you know, Disney Plus and and Netflix or whatever. But The point is, I worked in this casting space, and then I was an agent afterwards. So I worked in casting for about 14, 15 years, and then I took a job as a theatrical agent where I was representing adult actors here in Los Angeles at an agency called Osbrink. And while I have nothing bad to say about the agency, I hated it. I was not uh, meant to be an agent because I came from the world of casting where when you were in casting, what's cool about it is you get to sit back and get basically sold to all day long. You get to be in that kind of power position. You get to buy, right? You get to go through all the headshots and resumes. You get to interview and audition all the people. The agents are calling you. The actors are kissing your butt. Like it's one of those kinds of experiences. And then as an agent, you flip the switch. You're the one that's calling the people. You're the one that's like begging to get your, your actor in. And here's the truth, if I can just be 100% honest with all 500 of you guys. Don't tell anyone, this is just between us. Here's the coolest thing, or the, 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 the most, I should say the, the most challenging thing of, of being an agent is when you're an agent, you need to really, really believe that the actors that you represent are the best. You have to believe that they are the best for the role because you are calling your colleagues, casting directors and you're saying, "I promise and I'm just picking out someone, right, Raylan. I promise you. Raylan Davis is the best former wrestler sales coach there is for the role." And then they trust you, right? They trust you, your your casting friends and they audition Raylan. And if Raylan goes in there and bombs, it's on you, right? Then they, they, they lose that trust. And so that was probably the hardest thing as an agent because I used to be in casting. So I saw how amazing the talent was out there. And now as an agent, I realized that a lot of the actors that I represented, you know, by just default, because they were already at the agency, I didn't really fully believe in. I didn't. I struggled to pitch them. And then I start, started to kind of pull back on doing my job well. And I started to not really feel comfortable pitching people that I didn't think were right for the role because in the business of trust, right, I wanted to make sure that the people in my world trusted me and it wasn't for me. So I want to talk to you guys about five things I learned from being in casting and as an agent that I think can be applied to all of us as personal brands, as entrepreneurs, as businesses today. So the first thing I wanna share is the idea of representing yourself well. So when you're an actor, you guys, the first thing you need to do is make sure you get a good headshot, right? That is like super important as an actor. If you have a crap headshot, if you like skimp out and get like a really, you know, I don't know, they have like mobile headshot trucks. I'm sure they're fine. I guarantee you they're not as good as the person that you really invest in that, you know, has been doing this for 20 years and has taken pictures of all the celebrities, etc. And I'm sure there's a good in-between. In fact, there are good in-between headshot um, photographers. The goal here is to get a beautiful, beautiful headshot that looks like you. And here's the biggest mistake that actors make. And the reason why I want to bring this up is because you'll see, I'll tie this back into you guys. Cause I know there's a lot of people in here and not all of you guys are actors. Maybe some of you are. The idea here is not to get the prettiest picture of you. In fact, that's the opposite choice. You do not want to pick the prettiest picture of you. You want to pick the picture that looks the most like you. And this is the mistake that so many actors make, right? Especially women that they they want the the picture that makes them look the skinniest or the prettiest or you know is on their good side and then what happens is they get the audition because they have this picture and they walk into the room and guess what they don't look anything like their picture so now all of a sudden a casting director is going to immediately be disappointed immediately so don't you think it would be better to look exactly like you do on a day-to-day so that the casting director knows exactly what they're getting. And here's what I wanna say. As personal brands, which I I coach entrepreneurs on how to really build their personal brands, so many of us feel this need to put up this this, uh, stunning, filtered, perfect image of us online. Right. And this is I know we hear this all the time on Clubhouse and and beyond this idea of, you know, it's not all about being perfect. You can't always look perfect. You got to just be you. But I mean that it's not about perfection in any capacity. Hey, listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. I run away from perfection. In fact, I start to see these people in my stories that I'm like, I can't stand you know, following you anymore, because I don't understand how you got your your house to look that gorgeous with a two and a three year olds while you're doing Halloween crafts and there's no um, mess around you and the kids are just perfectly sitting there. We are not a Stepford people. (laughs) I wanna see a mess. I wanna see the real. And so I think this is an important thing for anyone here that is trying to really grow their business on social media, on your website, for your profile picture here on Clubhouse, pick a picture that looks like you. Pick a picture that has the exact same vibe and feeling so that if I were at the grocery store and I ran into you, even though you're wearing a mask, I would say, oh my gosh, I know you. You guys, I was at a Halloween party yesterday and I met someone, this woman, and she has a face that I did not recognize, but I recognized her name and sure enough, I know her from Clubhouse, but I didn't recognize her face. And so this is an interesting thing. We find these pictures, we put up these pictures from five, seven, eight years ago when we were a little skinnier, when our hair was a little bit blonder, when we didn't look the way we did. And I really believe truthfully that we have to represent ourselves perfectly so that we do not surprise the people when we meet them in person, which is the goal. And another way to represent yourself really well is through your resume right so I, a lot of you guys i don't have a resume i'm just going to be honest like i haven't done a resume for 10 years i feel like not really maybe like five years but let's talk about your bio okay your bio here on clubhouse or maybe your linkedin or maybe your website are you representing yourself accurately so when i was in casting or as an agent uh, the actors would come in, and a lot of times we'd have to do some major resume audits because on their resume, you know, they'd have their high school play. It wasn't relevant, it wasn't necessary, or maybe that the fact that they worked at Jamba Juice, not relevant as an actor. So make sure that your bio here on Clubhouse is accurate and also relevant because, as fun as it is to know certain things, or as important as it is to you, maybe maybe it's not necessarily exactly important for everyone else. And so here's another way to kind of look at it. As an actor, we have these special skills. We have like a section of special skills, which I actually loved because they're conversation starters. So actors would come in to audition and on their special skills, it would say like, can do a handstand and speak um, Hungarian and count to 20. And we would see that. And you know what? A lot of times we'd say, hey, can you try it? and guess what half the time people couldn't do it because they would put it on their special skills and then they'd say oh well um i forgot how to count to 20 in hungarian or like oh i haven't done a headstand in, in so long so just make sure that what you say you can do you actually can do it and it's okay if you can't do it all it's okay we're not supposed to do it all which leads me to the second which is know which role you're right for. Okay, so this is a big, big problem I see here in the entrepreneurial space, and I also see it for sure in the acting space, that if you feel that you are an act, okay, if you're an actor, right, you're a 25-year-old male actor, you are not right for all roles. There is no way that you can play the scientist plus the dorky dad plus the really handsome jock plus the you know, flamboyant fashion designer. It's just very, very rare to find the people that can do everything. There's a few actors that can. Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, and most of them can do it because they've had years and years of experience and they are known already as successful actors, but when you are starting this world, when you're starting the business, when you're starting your journey, you cannot be the master of all things. You cannot be the jack of all trades. You cannot do it all. You just can't. So I had to learn this the hard way, and I don't know if you guys um, had an experience like this in any part of your journey, but when I started my um, my like you know business coaching world after I was an acting coach, I started because a couple of my girlfriends came to me and said, how did you grow your business? And I said, through social media, through Instagram, through Instagram stories. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, I'm a business coach. I just decided I'm a business coach. And so I had this woman, I'll never forget it. And she hired me to be her business coach. And she asked me about financials. And she asked me about legalities and LLCs. And she asked me about things that I had no idea. what the F I was talking about. I just didn't, I didn't, and I felt so bad because here I am, I've I've told her I'm a business coach, but I didn't really know all those things. I knew certain things really, really well, but I didn't know it all. So you wanna be really, really sure as, a, as an entrepreneur in whatever space you are, that it's okay that you don't know it all. That it's okay that you have to call in the experts which is actually my Empire Collective, that's how that was born. My Empire Collective program, which actually closes tonight, the cart closes tonight, it's a collective of incredible female entrepreneurs who are ready to level up their businesses by being connected with experts, not just me, right? Like I bring the experts to them. I know Rita was a guest already, Raylan's gonna be a guest, Fanzo was a guest, so many other incredible people from this app. And, and so many other people are also going to come in and be expert teachers because I can't teach it all. You think I am going to be the person that's going kill, to kill it when it comes to, you know, email funnel marketing? No way. And I am the first to admit it. So I think it's important as an entrepreneur to realize where you really are amazing at and where you just don't think that you could do it. One last final story about that one little topic. I just remember this right now. So I was in, um, I was in the acting program in high school and growing up, I always wanted to be like in the industry but I didn't really wanna be an actress. I actually was not ever trying to be an actress but I loved theater and I loved being part of it. So we had a little small play and all the girls auditioned for the lead role. So you would imagine my acting teacher's um, surprise, funny note, my acting teacher, his name was Mr. Hall, Herb Hall, he was actually uh, the PE coach in the movie Clueless because it was based off Beverly Hills High. So Herb Hall was shocked when I walked into the room to audition for the role of the grandma who had three lines, he was like, wait, Donna what are you are you sure that's what you want to audition for and I said yes and he said but why and I said because I think there are better actors out there than me and I actually want to get a role like I knew it from then I was like I'm not going to get the lead there's no way but I at least want to get a role so let me just go and nail what I know I can do really well so know what you're good at and go all in on that you're not a jack of all trades okay and number three first impressions matter so all of you guys know how important it is to heat to have a first impression that really kind of like sticks out stands out and is positive they say it takes three seconds three to seven seconds for a person to make their their, um, decision of whether or not they like you when you first walk into a room. And as a casting director, OMG, I can't even tell you how important that is. Because some of the first impressions we got were shockingly bad, i.e. they wouldn't look at us in the eyes, they were rude, they'd have their phones on, they were um, unprepared, chewing gum, Things like that. So really be aware, be aware of how you're walking into a room, whether it's in person or now on Zoom, and make sure that you're giving eye contact. Okay, smile. Smiling is crazy effective. I don't think we smile enough. Honestly, I don't think people smile enough. I think people really rely on their RBF. If you don't know what that is, you can Google it. But really, honestly, smile. I can't tell you how important it is and how nice it is when you walk and you meet people and you look at them in their eyes and you smile. And know people's names. Get their names and repeat their names back to them. It is a huge, huge benefit and it makes the other person immediately feel like not only are you listening, but you're present and they are important to you. And I think that those things are not done enough. We live in this kind of society of like, you know, hustle, go back and forth, don't get to know people well. Da, da, da. I think I, you know, and the people that know me, I I introduce myself to every barista at every coffee shop. <laughs> probably too many, probably too many, right? Like, but I always ask them, what's your name? What's your name? And I want to know their name. And I try to remember their name so that the next time I see them, I know their name. And it's a really, really important skill that not a lot of us master. So first impressions. Okay, so so far, just to give you a little bit of a a, um, recap, things I've learned as a casting director that can be applied to entrepreneurs. Representing yourself well through a picture and your resume or your bio. First impressions matter. So really nail that first impression. Know which role you're right for. You're not a jack of all trades. And also, here's another one, prepare, practice and perform. Okay, so as an acting coach, which I was after I was a casting director, I helped actors of all ages really nail their auditions so that they would go into the audition space. They would, they would kick butt with their first impression. And then guess what? They'd also get the role because of this 3P method, right? Which is not groundbreaking, and I'm sure a million people use it. I probably didn't come up with it, but it really, really works. Prepare, practice, and perform. Or if you're talking about social media, how about prepare, practice, and post, right? So there's nothing, nothing more important than preparation. A lot of us feel like we can just do it. And some of us can, right, without preparing. But you know what that looks like when someone doesn't prepare? They look unprepared. (laughs) You look like you didn't care is the truth. So when actors would come in and they wouldn't be prepared, it would make us as casting directors immediately think they don't care to get this role. You know what the worst is? When they would come in, (laughs) this is crazy you guys. So I was working on this one show and it was literally an improv comedy show for Fox. It was so funny, okay? We had these like hysterical actors, but it literally on the on the breakdown, it said improv comedy. And actors would come in and they would say, is this a comedy or drama? I would fall over. How about do some Googling, right? Before you walk into the interview, before you go into the meeting, research who you're talking to. Get to know your audience, get to know, the person that is sitting down and having that zoom call with you. If you're doing a podcast episode, you better know the host. You better know who your guest is. If you're interested in being on a podcast episode, you should be listening to the episodes. That's the best. I have a friend who interviews only females for her podcast and gets pitched males. Okay. That's not research. You got to do your research. So prepare and then practice. So just say you're going to do this, you know, this clubhouse room, your first clubhouse room, and you're super excited, but you're nervous, but you're super excited. If you don't practice doing it, you probably will fall apart at some point on that first run. Right? How about going live? You guys, this is so cool. Instagram has created this awesome new feature. For any of you out there that are scared to go live and you don't know about this, listen up. This is so cool. Because I believe going live on Instagram is a huge, huge benefit for your business. I said huge like Donald Trump. I didn't mean to, huge benefit. Um, if, you, if you go on Instagram live and you're nervous to go live for the first time, because it is a nerve wracking thing, I have a lot of tools that I can help you. But this is the coolest when you go to press go live on the left, there's a little picture of, I can't remember what the little emoji is on the left and you can press it and it says, choose your audience. And you can choose private or public and you can go live for, I don't know if it's private or practice, but you can practice going live. And the reason why Instagram instilled that is because they want more people going live. Why? It keeps more people on the app. They want more people going live, and they realize that going live is not something that everyone feels comfortable doing. So practice these things. Practice your introduction. Practice how you would come into a room. Practice how you would share your 30-minute segment. Practice going live. Practice telling your story. Practice pitching your product. And the final step there is do it. Right? Like we got to actually, as Fando says, press the damn button. We got to do it. We got to post the, the video. We have to get up on that stage and, and tell people our story. We have to raise our hand here on clubhouse. We have to, because if you don't, then all of it's for nothing. If you don't actually take action and do the thing, at the end of the prepare and the practice, now you have the first impression down, you have the best headshot, you've got a great resume, you've got the idea, you know exactly which role you're right for, and then at the end of it, you come into the room and you decide not to walk in, or you decide to sit quietly, or you decide to leave, so then what? What are we gonna do now, right? So like we have to actually go go all the way, right? Go all the way, prepare, practice and perform or post and the final thing and this is the one this is the one that gets me for sure and I'm sure a lot of people in this room and those of you that are my close friends here on the stage you know me this is what gets me is we have to learn as entrepreneurs as actors as entrepreneurs as business women as business men as as product owners as everything we have to learn and Raylan really uh put me in my place the other day not to take it personally. We have to learn not to take it personally. And this is hard because it is our baby. Our businesses are our babies, right? We love our little babies. And guess what? My business is me. I don't sell a product, I sell a service. And it's me, right? It's me coaching, it's me and my programs, it's me and my podcasts, it's me and my community, it's me and the Empire Collective. And so, yeah, I take it personally when people aren't ready to say yes. When people don't give me that role, when I don't get the part. But as a casting director, I can tell you this. 95% of the reason why an actor doesn't get a part has nothing to do with the actor. So a lot of times it's because they were... We were looking for someone that had maybe a different kind of a resume, more comedy credits. maybe was, we were looking for someone that was a little taller, or a little shorter or a lot of a little skinny or a little bit um you know maybe someone that was of a different ethnicity, maybe we had no choice but to hire who Fox wanted us to hire. That happens too and as an actor, unless you know that you specifically completely messed up that audition, meaning you didn't prepare, you didn't practice, and you walked in there and you completely flubbed, you bombed it, you forgot your lines, you fell apart. Unless that's the case, you have to separate yourself from it. Because at the end of the day, you guys, and this comes just as business owners, as any of us, it only takes one. It only takes one. It only takes that one yes that could be the beginning of the rest of our career, right? That one yes will change the course of your entire path. And if we don't keep trying and keep going until we get that yes, because of the couple, two, three, 10, 100 no's, then we're back at square one. So you can't take it personally and I struggle with this. So I am the first to admit, this is something that I've had to learn. What Raylan said is you got to separate the outcome from, what did you say Raylan? Now I have to remember.
0: You have to separate the results from your identity.
1: Separate the results from your identity. My beautiful client, Stacey Peterson, she's part of the Empire Collective. She said, you have to marry the process and divorce the outcome. I think it's a beautiful way to look at it. Fall in love with the work, fall in love with the process. If you don't like the process of going after it, of the hustle, of the work of it. I know Fanzo said the other day to me that he, he, he loves the, um, the climb. I think it was something like that and I, I could be wrong, but you said something along the lines of loving the climb, the, the work of it. And sometimes we realize that trying to get the job, working hard to get the job, working hard to get the, the promotion or the role or the gig is the fun part. And then you get the gig and then you're like, oh crap, I have to do the work. Right? I don't know if anyone here is like that, but I used to do that in casting. I loved meeting with the, the producers. I loved coming up with lists. I loved getting the call from my agent saying, Donna, they want you. You got the job. And I'd be like, yes, I'm casting that new pilot. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, crap. Now I have to sit and cast the pilot. I don't want to do it, which is why I don't do that anymore. So anyway, I hope you guys got something out of this. We have like one more minute. Did anyone have anything that they want to throw in here about any Don't of me. the topics yeah. that I just covered? Is... I, I... Oh, I'll go out. Alexander, it. I see you. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say, Don, I, like, I, it, first off, phenomenal. You just flow. I mean, I felt like I was hearing a story and being, being taught at the same time. So I just loved the way that you just presented that. And I, it's so funny because it has been so aligned. I think
0: really you kind of pointed it out earlier, like today there seems to
1: be a theme and I hope that people are listening. Uh, and that was powerful, friend. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your truth, and those incredible steps. I mean, I couldn't stop clapping the entire time. Oh no. Oh my gosh, you're awesome, Alexander. I always love your support. You're the best
0: kind I miss you. I'm telling you, like, we, we who's we here? In, um, who's that? It's the Blind Master. When we met, oh, in hey. New York, <laughs> right. I'm just, I know we kicked it a whole lot, but man, we gotta. I haven't really heard your voice or anything like that. I don't know where you at, man. You gotta shoot me a text message. You know my numbers in my bio, so hit me up, man. We gotta make sure we stay connected. That was too much fun in New York for us to not stay connected.
1: I mean, I'll tell you, in New York, that moment when you were just going off at the, I forget what you guys were singing or saying. Do you remember what that was?
0: I don't know, we was wild. So. It
1: was so freaking good. I just, it made me so happy. I loved hanging out with you at the party and we yeah. were chatting it up. You're awesome, I'm excited that you're up here. Um, you guys, thank you so much, it's my time.